So let's look at one passage uh, here in this way. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Here is inspiration. <laughs> now, of course, uh, we could use this in a very general sense. So and so was inspired and wrote a poem or a song or something like that. Okay, that's fine. That's not what we mean uh, here in this context. Let's turn to 2 Timothy here in a moment. And it's a very familiar verse <laughs> to us 2 Timothy 3. James translates it this way. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. He uses that term. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. They said, all we need is scripture, right? So all we need to uh, understand and live as God's Some other revelation, we need to figure things out for ourselves. God has made it known to us, either directly or uh, indirectly, in His Word. Um, now, this word here, inspiration, as New King James says, if you have no translation, it may say um, something about God's breath, or God breathed, or, or something to that effect. And that's actually the Greek word there. It's a combination of the word for God and the word for spirit, or breath, or wind. So it is God's spirit, or inspired prophets, writers of the scriptures. And, and that's our idea. It, it isn't 
suggest that Moses and Matthew and so forth just had two more things instead of taking God as life. Talking about God inspired them. He worked in them by His Spirit. They would accurately communicate things about the promise. So this God's very breath turn then to 2 Peter and chapter 1. Peter says some similar things here. Second Peter 1, beginning verse 19, it says, So we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Right? How do we know? Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this verse, no prophecy of scripture is of any kind of interpretation. The prophecy never came by the will of man. The holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now that word interpretation in verse 20 does not mean that only the priesthood can interpret scriptures accurately. It's not what we communicate. Verse 21 finds what is meant. Prophecy never came out of the word of man. Okay, so the prophecy of Scripture didn't come just simply uh, from, from man. Okay? But, but God moved them, worked in them. His Spirit kind of blew them along like a sailor. And therefore they brought God's word to us. And so here are the uh, two of the key passages that we look at here in regards to inspiration. It's God working in these men. Now, Jesus affirms this idea in multiple places. Um, in John 10, verse 35, he talks about scriptures that cannot be broken. Uh, in Matthew 5, he talks about the word of God that is fulfilled, that it cannot pass away. So, when we're talking about inspiration, then, this is uh, a, a mystery for us. We cannot fully grasp how this works. Because God is speaking. This is His Word. And yet, He used these men. And, and each one of them was a little bit different, of course. Like all of us, we're a little different from one another. And so, God used the talents and abilities strengths, and even the weaknesses of these human writers. And so John uses all these poetic metaphors. Um, Mark, the more rapid fire, almost uh, like a, a news reporter uh, in his gospel. Isaiah, of course, writes differently than anyone. On and on we can go. Uh, but God used these humans to reveal himself, to make himself known to us. That some of these writers use uh, excellent Greek, others use rather poor Greek. Sometimes the grammar's wrong. God uses it. Sometimes there are mistakes grammatically, but that is how God inspired these people. He didn't just, if you will, um, totally overrule everything about them. In other words, these men were not robots. Like you said, 
see that all the time. But we may be trying to do the exact same things and different. When we pray, when the elders pray, or the demons pray, everybody prays a little bit differently, even though we might be saying the same things. So God is using our personalities, our gifts, and so forth, even today in this way.
telescopes have discovered the law of gravity. Well, it's already there, it's just one automated. The same can be said for, for ground and syntax. It's there, but God communicated with himself and with Adam from the very beginning. Uh, over time, and I don't think it took very long, we don't have an evolutionary mindset here. Uh, but over time, and, and I would say probably long before the flood even happened, they, uh, humans, were talking about maps and how were they used as subjects or objects or objects for preposition. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. You say they were talking about the study of Yeah, I, I would fully Just like you did, they were studying I would think they probably did it more and better than we do now. Yes. Uh, but obviously, we're speculating because we don't have that in the scriptures. However, uh, we certainly have enough. How could Adam and Eve talk? But we're going to be able to use language and understand how that would work. Some of it is, uh, as I often say when I'm teaching language, we, we use things regularly, we don't even think about how they're being used. Uh, but I suspect that Adam and Eve were given certain, a certain kind of model. But when I say about mistakes, this, this is not get into the issue of inerrancy. It's, it's not violating. Somehow, we move them along. 
incorporating the sense of the, just being the acknowledgement, but as you began to see there's more in there, and it was actually showing here's proof of God's faithfulness, it's proof of his sovereignty over the whole testament. And again, we could say ten generations back, this is what's going to happen when this person is standing free in this generation with this person. And so you would see God's faithfulness, God's God's knowing of the people before they can happen. And I know as we go on through that in a different time, so I really knew that was there. And again, I thought, wow, God can forgive them. And so it wasn't really really grasping And certainly from God's perspective, I think that actually ties back to the past. To him, that was not boring at all because he was the one who said his hands about his experiences and his using human You know, the questions that are being raised here highlight the fact, too, that we cannot say with 100% accuracy and certainty that the Bible is God's Word. It takes faith. You know, put it that way for a reason. Because if there were absolutely no questions at all, automatically or anywhere in the Bible, um, God wants us to put our trust in Him. And when I read these words, I believe them because of the character of God. And that what He has given to me is true. And without the Spirit, I'm not going to accept any of it. And the questions that are raised should not shake us in our understanding. But it highlights the fact that God is calling us to trust Him. He's done that very specifically. And uh, when I run across things that, you know, as the saying goes, you know, why did God not make plans to, to revolve around and rotate around and so forth in perfect circles? Why are they focused? Why are those not even exactly perfect? Should God do everything exactly perfectly and so forth? And even things like that are, are calling us to put our trust in God and not that we can explain everything. And everything falls together just so. It's not a blind faith either. Every reason to believe things that we need to Part of why studying the scriptures is challenging. Because there are things that we just have to accept on faith. Things that we're not going to fully understand. Even if grammatically it's exactly there are no questions on what it says.
you a view. Just use that to highlight the fact that yeah, you can trust one. Use one and what tells us. Or we just read that. All scripture is God breathed. You have to take that on faith. Not that you can explain everything logically or grammatically. You need to trust that. You have everything. So when I read this, I have no doubts, even if I'm like, okay, now. Uh, here's variation in Greek. Peter actually saved it. Somebody added later. Or, point at hand here, hey, why did you use that case instead of the other? That didn't seem to work right. It doesn't shake the thing at all. It's back to this as well. We, we make a distinction between what we call the objective and the subjective. The objective is God has made himself known to us. The subjective is you need to respond to that. You need to respond in faith. The objective is not 100% clear. We see in a mirror dimly. It's our responsibility to trust, to accept, to believe it. Even when there's some questions of the kids. That's, that's part of God's plan for us. That's not merely human needs. The plan is not to tell us everything. Look at how imperfect you are. Look at 
not putting faith in faith, we're putting faith in God. And when we put faith in our faith, then we feel then we feel we're better than others or whatever. And then he begins to show how weak our faith is. He's trying to bring us to himself, which is faith in me. Not in yourself. Not in the strength or zeal of your faith. Affection of it, I do all um, things. Thank you. 